everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 20th edition of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2017-18 school year, we'll get a preview of the play The Pitchfork Disney from theater professor Doug Rankin. Swimming and diving coach Tom Burek will preview the Midwest Conference Championships, which are this weekend out in Grinnell, Iowa. And a group of folks from both Monmouth the College as well as Monmouth the Community are headed to New York City in May for a very special concert. We'll hear more about it from Monmouth music professor Tim Pale. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we visit with this week's guest, a reminder about several big upcoming events happening here at Monmouth College. We'll hear in just a few minutes from theater professor Doug Rankin. He'll preview his department's production of the Pitchfork Disney. But while you're listening to the podcast, why not make it a twofer and go ahead and get your tickets for the production right now. For more information about ordering tickets online, check out the Monmouth College Department of Theater website. And that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. And before we have the Pitchfork Disney, we'll have the 33rd Bernice L. Fox Classics Lecture. That will be on February 19. This year's Fox Lecture is called Classics, Comics, and America, and it will be given by Thomas E. Jenkins. He's a professor of classics at Trinity University in Texas. The lecture will be given at 7.30 in the evening on Monday, February 19, and it will be given in Petit Auditorium, which is on the ground floor of the Center for Science and Business. There's a story about it on the Monmouth College website, and of course, that address is monmouthcollege.edu. And be sure to circle February 27 on your calendar. That's when Asian Studies scholar Roger Ames will deliver the annual Samuel L. Thompson Lecture. Professor Ames will speak about Confucian China in a Changing World Order at 7 p.m. on February 27 in the Morgan Room in the college's polling hall. That talk is also free and open to the public. And another reminder to stop by the Everett Gallery of Hughes Library between now and February 23. That's because there's a show of mixed media works by Kansas City artist Kathy Lau. Titled Lingering Presence, the exhibit features a collection of large-scale paintings, prints, and mixed media pieces. There'll be a reception and talk for the artist on February 23rd. And for more information, check it out on the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. One of the more important plays of the 1990s will be staged this month at Monmouth College, and that's Philip Ridley's groundbreaking play, The Pitchfork Disney. It will be presented by the Monmouth Department of Theater from February 22 through February 25 at the college's Fusion Theater, which is at 230 South Main Street, right off the Monmouth Public Square. Monmouth Theater professor Doug Rankin is directing the production of the Pitchfork Disney, and as Doug says, it's a play that has influenced a lot of artists, including the filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. 
Pitchfork Disney is a very strange play. It is um, from about 1992, and it is considered um, one of the seminal pieces of theater in the 1990s. It is um, the first probably major uh, play in the in-your-face British theater um, genre. Um, Very uh, kind of groundbreaking, and in fact, um, it's pretty well known that Quentin Tarantino um, was inspired by it, his Reservoir Dogs, um, and even Pulp Fiction has some very specific stuff in it. So um, it's it's something we haven't done. I mean, we've done some British theater that has some of the same qualities, some Harold Pinter, um, but this, he's younger, um, he's more cutting edge, and um, it's really a challenging piece for our students, and I think it's gonna be very challenging for the audience. Pitchfork Disney is a four-character play about two teenagers whose parents disappeared 10 years earlier. The teenagers later find a way to make it on their own without any contact with society and grow into adults. Then two outsiders come in and turn the character's world upside down. Because of the play's mature subject matter and language, audience members should be at least 16 years of age. Doug Rankin says the play presents quite a challenge for the four student actors. For the students, there's four. Um, Two of them are on stage the entire time. Um, One of them has no lines. (laughs) And um, one of them is a fast-talking 18-year-old, and he's a fast-talking 18-year-old in real life, but he's a different type of fast-talking 18-year-old. So it's a a very strange um, environment. It's a challenging piece because there's um, a lot of intensity, um, a lot of swings of personality and emotion throughout the play. And um, it's got a lot of kind of uh, scary stuff and a lot of funny stuff. So I I think the audiences will be challenged. Um, Some may be a bit offended by the language, but that's the style of theater it is. Doug says that colleague Ron Zank, who's also a professor in the college's theater department, introduced him to the Pitchfork Disney. I spent the summer just thinking about it, and um, then once we cast it um, last December and started rehearsal, it became a different play. Uh, there was so much in it that did not come through the pages that comes through the acting. So I, I'm learning more every day. I think the actors are learning more every day. And I'm really excited to see what it's all about. <laughs> Doug says that Mammoth produced several of what he calls hard-edge plays back in the 1980s and 1990s, and he says that the Pitchfork Disney has held up very well over the years since it started the so-called in-your-face style of theater. We've done several plays in the same sort of vein, um, starting actually when I uh, started working at the college as a teenager, um, being in plays, we started doing some Harold Pinter, and that got me really into that. Uh, But then as a a young professor, we did a lot of David Mamet and um, some of those really sort of hard-edged, profanity-laden productions um, that kind of got the audience's either walking out or sweating or ready to walk out. And I just thought it was um, a good thing for students because, you know, the students of the 60s had something to go protest about. But now, you know, maybe this will get them kind of um, riled up and and thinking about things because there is some stuff in it that I think is uh, pertinent to today, even though it was written, you know, 25, 30 years ago. It's mostly about people, I think, loving people and having um, relationships and surviving adversity 
which is what a lot of people are doing right now. Doug says he's been especially impressed with the four students who are in the cast. They're really into it, and I was I was nervous casting them because I didn't know um, they hadn't even read the whole play when they were cast. Um, but they seem to have just thrown them their whole selves into it, um, and even in the pretty difficult racy scenes, um, they're just they're totally um, excited. That's Mama Theater Professor Doug Rankin. He's the director of the Pitchfork Disney, the latest production by the college's outstanding Department of Theater. The Pitchfork Disney will be produced from February 22 to February 25 in the college's Fusion Theater, which is located at 230 South Main Street, right off the Monmouth Public Square. For more information about tickets, check out the Monmouth Department of Theater's website, and that address once again is monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. The Monmouth swimming and diving teams will be in Grinnell, Iowa this February 16 through February 18 for the Midwest Conference Championships. Monmouth coach Tom Burek says a lot of questions will be answered over those three days. I think we're going to find out, you know, kind of what we're made out of, you know, all the hard work from the, the season, and we're going to prove to ourselves if the, if the process works now, and we're going to find out where we're at. Um, we're going to find out, you know, how all the hard work's paid off and our goals have paid off and, and the thing everybody calls the taper in the end, and we're going to see where we're at. Swim season got underway back in October. Conditioning and practice began even longer ago, and Tom says his team is focused heading into the conference championships. We seem we seem pretty focused. Um, they seem ready for this meet and excited about this meet. You know, I could every day I think of something I can change. So um, we're always trying to perfect what we do. Um, they seem excited about the meet. Seem pretty focused. We seem to be swimming where we need to be right now. Tom says that one of this year's pleasant surprises has been the production by his freshman class. It's fun to see this year. Um, our freshmen are really big contributors, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing for the under, upperclassmen to see them and, and help them out and guide them, and it's, it's fun for the freshmen to be, be part of the program and contribute right away. That's been a big, huge, uh, good, big plus for us. This is Tom's fifth season as Mom's head swimming and diving coach. This is his first group of seniors in that he worked with them from when they were recruited through their senior season here at the college. Tom says his seniors are especially focused right now. I think as a senior, you clearly have a little different focus. It's uh, a little more pertinent that you know this is it. Um, there's not going to be next year to try to recoup. Um, they all have, they're pretty focused on their goals and they know what they want to do. And uh, they're very aware, you can tell, that, hey, this is it, the last hurrah. And, and it's fun to see all the other teams and swimmers you've swum with, swam against over the years, and that's going to be enjoyable and fun and, and a, a big meet for them. Whereas the team's upperclassmen have already experienced the intensity of the Midwest Conference Championships, the experience will be a new one for the freshmen. And Tom says that he's taken several steps to ensure that they are mentally prepared. We, we do a lot of mental imagery, especially now. 
We're spending up to 30 minutes on the pool deck just with mental imagery. Uh, we literally walk to the walk them from the hotel to the pool. The smell of chlorine in the air, the the excitement, the standing behind the blocks, watching the building fill up as we're on the pool deck. Um, we practice our warm-up. We do it. The entire team has to do it in one lane. So we mimic that crowded environment during the real warm-up. Um, freshmen, typically from my experience, when we get there on Friday, they're going to say, Coach, this is exactly how you described it when we did our mental imagery. The walking down the hallway, the photos where you said they'd be, the windows. The I think that familiarity gives them a comfort level that they wouldn't have otherwise had hope that gives us a, a, an edge. Um, I think that comfort level of, you know, you, you sometimes don't even know it till the meet's over. Wow, I'm glad we talked about standing behind the block because my goggles broke. We even swim with, all right, fill your goggles up with water, swim at 25. So if they slip down on your start, it's not total failure, at least prepared. It might not be a best time, but it's, it's something we practice for. That's Tom Burek, Mama's Swimming and Diving Coach, previewing the Midwest Conference Championships, which are February 16th through the 18th at Grinnell College in Iowa. To keep up with how the Fighting Scots perform in the Conference Championships, check in early and often to mammothscots.com. That's your official home for all things Fighting Scots related on the World Wide Web. You can also follow the progress on Twitter, and Mama Swimming and Diving on Twitter is at Scott's Swim Dive. Of course, for all the latest action in all of Mammoth College Athletics, you can follow the Fighting Scots on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. This is a good point in the podcast to remind you of the plethora of ways in which you can follow Mammoth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash College. The college is on Twitter, at Monmouth, and the college is also on Instagram, at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth, and don't forget to check out Monmouth on Spotify. We've posted some swell rocking playlist on that for your audio enjoyment. listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Tim Pale is a professor of music at Monmouth College who's also the director of the college's choral groups. He has big plans for them in the spring as well as other students from the region after the conclusion of the spring semester. Into the school year, we're going to New York City to perform in Carnegie Hall on May 19, um, Saturday night, May 19, 8 p.m., concert in Carnegie Hall. We're very excited and been planning this for a couple of years already and uh, fundraising and students are, uh, have been looking forward to it uh, for quite a long time. And we are uh, combining with um, some students of Monmouth Roseville High School. We have 30 students going from there as well. Um, not only the chorale is going from the college, but also the concert choir. Um, so that's one of the first times we've, it's been a multiple choir um, uh, effort from the college. The concert choir now also have some faculty and staff in it. So we have uh, uh, at least one staff person going as well. Um, so it's a kind of community effort. Monmouth goes to Carnegie Hall. As Tim points out, this trip is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many of the students. You hear about Carnegie Hall your whole life as one of the sort of pinnacles 
of uh, one of the greatest concert halls in the world, and what a privilege is privilege it is to uh, to to perform there. So we all are aware of that uh, that prestige factor. While at Carnegie Hall, Tim says the Mammoth Group will perform a piece by Ray Fon Williams, and area residents can hear a preview of the piece in April. We're doing. Um, one of the master pieces for chorus and orchestra by uh, Rafe von Williams, British composer of the 20th century, called Dona, Dona Nobis Pacem, which means grant us peace. And uh, we'll do that with uh, orchestra. Um, we are also going to do that same piece in Galesburg, combined with the Galesburg Community Chorus, in April, April 21st. Um, the Galesburg Community Chorus does mostly music for chorus and orchestra. Um, so because Monmouth Choirs were going to, going to be learning this piece and then going to New York to perform it, I thought it would be a great sort of community thing for us to do here. And one of the great things about that also is that for people who want to support the students, all the people going to Carnegie Hall and want to hear the music we're going to perform there but can't actually go to New York and, and sit in the concert and hear it, um, this gives them the opportunity to to hear what we'll be doing there. So it, that will function as sort of our send-off concert for the for the New York uh, trip. Tim says that the Rafe von Williams piece was written during a time of great crisis in the 20th century, and it carries a message that's relevant to today's times as well. It's uh, in between the two world wars. It has a variety of texts, Walt Whitman texts, which Whitman wrote in uh, the 19th century in response to the, the Civil War. Um, some response to the, uh, the First World War, and then he wrote it in the 1930s as, the, as World War II, as it seemed impending. Um, so it was sort of a plea. It was sort of saying, this is what happens when we go to war. This is the loss that happens. This is the tragedy. Let's not do it again. It seems like we're going in that direction. So it's, an, it's a request for peace, um, and uh, it's a great musical setting. Lots to sort of sink one's teeth into in a, in a liberal arts context right because we're, we're we're learning the music we want to polish the music and do a fabulous job but we're also looking at the poetry and we're looking at what inspired the poetry and what was going on in in the world at that time and how can we relate that today of course why why is this is that text and that music still why does it still res- resonate with us today the concert in carnegie hall will also feature the world premiere of some pieces which will include students from other college choral groups as well Part of the concert will be done, um, will be conducted by another conductor who will um, conduct two works by, two movements of, of, a, of a new work called The Gift of Life by John Rutter. And then another conductor will conduct um, two world premiere pieces that were commissioned specifically for this concert. Um, that we are going to learn, we'll learn the notes of them here. We're going to learn and perform the John Rutter piece in Galesburg. But because the the world premieres are will be premiered for this con- that concert in Carnegie Hall, we will learn them learn them here, but not actually perform them till we're there in New York. Tim says the Mama students who will perform at Carnegie Hall have been investing a great deal of time and effort in preparation of the May concert. Of- What's the most famous concert hall in the world? You know, Carnegie Hall comes to mind immediately. And um, so not only are they going to Carnegie or to New York City, many of them have not been to New York City before. So that's exciting in, of it, in, of, in and of itself. But uh, to perform at one of the greatest concert, hall, concert halls in the world is, is truly a life-changing, once-in-a-lifetime experience. 
To help pay for the trip, the Mama students are hosting a series of fundraisers that include car washes, a trivia night, a spaghetti dinner, and a special benefit concert on April 13. Students are going to sing uh, solos and duets and ensembles from operas and musicals. It'll be a free concert, uh, but we're asking for donations to support the trip to New York. So lots of opportunities for people to support us and help us along the way. As Tim points out, preparing for the upcoming May performance at Carnegie Hall, as well as the other annual spring events on campus, are a constant reminder to him of what a special place it is to be at Monmouth College. Fabulous job. This is uh, I mean, I'm being, I can come to work and I'm, I'm making great music. I'm working closely with students who are talented, who are excited about making music. Uh, it does not feel like a job. And uh, it's a privilege to see how much, um, I mean, like the chorale every year, we start out with such great potential, such great, so many talented students. And we work hard, and we work hard, and we work hard. And by the end of the semester, by the end of the year, there's an amazing growth and a sense of accomplishment. You know, so not only are we doing great music, but we're we have the sense that we can do it really well and communicate something effectively and feel a sense of pride in what we've done. So there are lots of reasons that that it's fun, that it's a great job and very rewarding. That's Monmouth Music Professor Tim Pale discussing the upcoming performance at Carnegie Hall, which will be in May. That will include several Monmouth students, staff members, and area high school students as well. For more information about the upcoming fundraising events, be sure to follow Monmouth College's website, which is, of course, monmouthcollege.edu. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll hear from some educational studies students who are part of a new Monmouth College initiative. We'll hear from the student who's behind creating some of the art that goes along with the Monmouth College theater posters. And we'll check in with the friendly folks over in the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College athletics. And that's going to be a 30 for this 20th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. Have a nice day, everybody. So long, everyone. Thank you.